How good to be in the house of the Lord and worship with you guys again today. Um, excited, excited, excited. But on the other hand, I gotta ask. Um, see if you're like me. Have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered why do people go to church? I mean, really, why do people go? Seems like so much work. Five kids in the door, try to get there on time. Wouldn't it be easier to stay home and do our own thing? I mean, wouldn't it? I mean, I know it's cold outside, there's some snow. Seems like a lot of hassle. What does coming to the church and giving my money really do for me, honestly? These are fair questions. And uh, you may be sitting here, somebody maybe brought you here, and, and you're thinking, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering all those things today, actually. I want you to open your Bible to the book of Haggai. It's near the back of the Old Testament. It goes Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, in New Testament. I want you to open your Bible there. Today... We're going to see that these questions about the church and money are being asked from a certain perspective. From one side of the coin, so to speak. All right, I have a coin right here. Here's a coin. It's a quarter. Heads or tails? What do you got? Heads. All right, here we go. Heads it is. Bam. I would give it to you, but I got to keep it for next service. I mean... That's one side of the coin, so to speak. But you got to flip the coin over, right? And you got to see it from another perspective. See, we're thinking physically instead of spiritually when we say these things, when we think these things. And it's okay to admit that we do. But in Haggai, God is flipping the coin and he's asking us to take a look at the other side, to consider spiritual over physical. God is saying, we have misplaced priorities. Flip the coin. We need spiritual awakening. That's what we need. We need a spiritual awakening. And so I've been praying that God awakens my soul today and overshadows my physical desires and thoughts and questions. I'm praying that God will flip the coin in my life. And I've been praying that for you this week too. Let's just continue praying right now. God, please, 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 in this place, at this hour, speak. Speak clearly, speak lovingly, speak with authority from the truth of your word. Thank you for this little book called Haggai and how it has challenged us. And how today it will even encourage us to see things from your perspective. God, we need a spiritual awakening in our church, Harvest Rochester. We need a spiritual awakening in our city, Rochester, Minnesota. We need a spiritual awakening right now. Wake us up, Lord. Teach us from your word. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. If you're there, um, 
It's not every week we get to read a whole book of the Bible, one of the 66. And so I'm going to read the whole thing. But here's the deal. I realize that, that can, you can grow weary doing that. And so I need you to follow along. And when, when I'm reading, you can just highlight this or that, whatever God kind of brings to your mind. You could just underline something. Um, stay engaged. Uh, don't wander off. Uh, here it is. Haggai. Chapter 1, verse 1. In the second year of Darius the king, in the sixth month of the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai, the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shiltiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, These people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you are never satisfied. You never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. It is Minnesota. I'm just saying. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring the wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because my house that lies in ruins, while each of you busies himself with his own house, therefore the heavens above have withheld the dew, and the earth has withheld its produce, and I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast, and on all their labors. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and all the remnant of the people might circle this word, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet. And the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people with the Lord's message. These four words have become very precious to me over these three weeks. I want them to sink in. God says, I am with you. I am with you, declares the Lord. And the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the month, in the sixth month, in the second year of Darius the king. Chapter 2. In the seventh month, 
On the 21st day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Speak now to Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and Joshua the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and to all the remnant of the people, and say, Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Yet now, be strong, O Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, O Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. Work, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts. According to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt, my spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. For thus says the Lord of hosts, yet once more in a little while I will shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land and I will shake all nations so that the treasures of all nations shall come in and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord of hosts. The latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. God might be saying something, and it might have his authority on it. And in this place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. On the 24th day of the ninth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet, Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with the fold of his garment bread or stew or wine or oil or any kind of food, does it become holy? The priest answered and said, no. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body touches any of these, does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, it does become unclean. Then Haggai answered and said, so is it with this people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord, and so with every work of their hands and what their Offer and what they offer there is unclean. Now then, consider from this day onward, before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? When you came to a heap of 20 measures, there were but 10. When one came to the wine vat to draw 50 measures, there were but 20. I struck you and all the products of your toil with blight and with mildew and with hail. Yet you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. Consider from this day onward, from the 24th day of the month, the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider... Is the seed in the barn? Indeed, the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have yielded nothing. 
draw a line right there. It's a hard passage. Something changes. But from this day on, I will bless you. Today is the day. And from this day on, I will bless you. The word of the Lord came a second time to Haggai on the 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah. Where's Joshua? Where's the rest of the people? You need to know this. God's going to make it really personal now saying, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth and to overthrow the thrones of kingdoms. I am about to destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the nations and overthrow the chariots and their riders. And the horses and their riders shall go down, every one by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord. And I will make you like a signet ring, For I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. We just read a whole book. And it is powerful. It is weighty. It is heavy. It's hard. Can I say that? It's hard. I feel like the last two weeks were hard messages. Man, I'm glad for today. Because in this passage, we see for sure that there is some misplaced priorities. They got physical instead of spiritual. And sometimes we do too. Even in our thinking, if we're willing to admit it. But I want you to see the good news of this Old Testament book, of this passage today. See, we need spiritual revival. That's the title of the message, spiritual revival. We need spiritual revival. And it starts with this, number one, good news. It starts with good news. I feel like anytime my heart's going to change, it always starts with good news. You can't tell me, like, you stink and I'm going to do anything different. But I'm telling you, when you say, I got good news for you, you're like, I'm all ears. And God says, in his word, right where we left off last week, chapter 2, verses 6 through 9, he says, I've got good news for you. I have a red J in my Bible by the side of this uh, three verses. It's actually four verses, six through nine. Yet once more, in a little while, I'm going to do something. The later glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. I will give peace. That's good news. I want to throw this slide up. Um, This is a picture of what I talked about last week. In prophecy, and this is four verses of prophecy, there's always these mountain peaks, okay? And so as Haggai looks at it, and as the children of Israel look at it, they're like right here on this side, and there's four things to come, at least four that we could see, maybe more. And they're looking, and they're like, hey, this is going to happen. In 516, a couple years later, they built the temple, and there was glory there. And then a couple years later, a few years later, Jesus Christ came to the earth. First Advent, we call that. We're going to celebrate that in a few months. First Advent, when Jesus came back. And that glory was greater than any glory that's ever touched earth. 
But you see this church right here? That represents us. We're on this side of that. We're on this side of that. And there's still some mountain peaks to go. Jesus is coming back again. Oh, that will be glory. I can't wait to see his face, face to face. Oh, that will be glory. And then eternity with him. Forever and ever and ever. Such glory. But we're in the middle here on the slide. We can look back and see the glory of God in our lives. And we can look forward. As a matter of fact, looking back and seeing God's glory in the last few weeks even, awakens a hope in me for even greater glory through Jesus Christ going forward. I can't wait to see what God's going to do in our church as I look back on what he's done in the last six years. He's going to do exceedingly more than we could ask or think. That's good news. Jesus is coming back to take his bride, the church. That's good news. So church, I came over to church today to say this. We must wake up. And if you're awake, praise the Lord. If you're awake spiritually, we must stay awake. We have to, we must remain spiritually attentive. Put spiritual things over physical things. Stay awake or wake up. It's good news. Why is it good news? Okay, I want you to write this down in the margin there. God's word excites me. Just write it down. God's word excites me. Or God's words excite me. I get so excited when I read this. Just look at it. Chapter 1, verse 13. Look at chapter 1, verse 13. Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke to the people of the Lord with the Lord's message. And what did he say? Church, tell me what he said. No, 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 no. Say it like you mean it. Like, 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 like think about it now. Think about who's saying this. Thinking about that he's saying it just to you. <laughs> just think about that now. How does he say that to you? Does he say it loud and proud? Does he say it tender and soft? How is he saying it to you today? Church. What does he say? Go ahead. I'm with you. Just think about that. Think about the good news of that. Think about how that star uh, stirs up your spirit to work and be strong for Jesus in the house of God. And then look at verse 19 of chapter 2. Flip it over. Chapter 2, verse 19 says, From this day on, I will bless you. From this day on, I will bless you. Wow, that's all I can say. God's going to bless me? And it's going to start today? Wow. What day do you think he's talking about? Well, he says it in his word, so isn't that cool? He says it's like, what, the ninth month, the, what day? 24th day, 
You're like, yeah, what is that exactly? Okay, let me put this chart up here so you can get it, okay? So we've been going over this for three weeks now. This is the Haggai timeline, okay? August 29th. I know it says something different in your Bible. I translate it from Jewish calendar to American calendar, all right? August 29th, the word of the Lord came. That's good news. When God starts to speak, God's word excites me. September 21st, God came and he said, I am with you. October 17th, God came back and he said, I am with you. November 520 BC, just write down in your notes, Zechariah, if you're, if you're here, you just look across the page, Zechariah, right? Right there. Zechariah chapter 1, verses 1 through 6, were written in November between these two prophecies in Haggai. And it says, the word of the Lord came. See, God kept speaking. God kept speaking. God kept saying, I'm with you. I have a word for you. Here it is. And then December 18th, the word of the Lord came again. And when the word of the Lord came again this time, he said, from this day, December 18th, I am with you. I will bless you. Do you have a day like that? Do you have a day where God interacted with you, where God intersected your life? And you look back and you say, that was the day. That was the day everything changed for me. That was the day of spiritual awakening where I just came alive. I'm not going to say it's been easy since, but something changed in me that day. I am awake to the things of God. Do you have a day like that? I pray you do. But if not, why not today? Why not today? See in uh, John 1.12, just go to the New Testament with a couple verses here. I'll throw them on the screen. John 1.12, but to all who receive him, what do I do? Receive him and believe in his name, Jesus' name. He gave the right to become the children of God. See, this was the day they became not just physical children of God, Jews, but spiritual children of God. Blessed ones. I'm going to use you. And Jew or Gentile doesn't matter now through Jesus Christ. There's a day. I call it the day of salvation. The Bible calls it that. So look at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Chapter 5 ends with, For our sake he, God, made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. The start of chapter 6 says, Working together with him, Jesus, then we appeal to you not to receive the grace of God in vain. I'm appealing to you. God is so gracious to you. Don't receive that grace in vain. He loves you. The next words, 
For he says, quoting the Old Testament, in the favorable time I listen to you. Do you know that God's listening to you right now? He's listening to your thoughts. He's listening to everything you say to yourself. About him or not about him. And in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Did you know that God wants to help you? That he's in the business of helping you? That he's pursuing you because he wants to help you? Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, today, this day. And then Romans 10, 8, and 10, because I think you're like, okay, I want that. Receive, believe, what is that talking about? Well, let me just sum it up with this. If you'd like to be saved, here's how. But what does it say? The word is near you. Maybe you have a Bible in your hand. We handed them out today. If you don't ask somebody near you, they'll give it to you. The word is near you. But you know, we know since Jesus Christ came and died that the Holy Spirit is here and that he will put his own words on your heart, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, declared righteous that means, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So I'm back to my question. Have you ever had a day like that? (laughs) Have you ever had a day when everything changed? Well, believer, if you are shaking your head, yes, I I remember that day, then I want you to do this for me. Do you remember life without Jesus? Can you even fathom what somebody might be thinking right now that doesn't have that? Do you remember? Do you remember what it was like? 1975, I'm born, grew up in the church, but not until 19. 1992, January 15th, did I have the day. (laughs) I lived for almost 16 years. Almost 17. I was 16. For almost 17 years without Christ. Without the blessing of Jesus Christ on my life. I remember. I remember being addicted to pornography. I remember being an ordinary jerk. Okay, honey, sometimes I still am that. But not to the degree I was. I remember being proud. I remember thinking I could do it on my own. So if you're here, and you can remember that besetting sin that you had that kept you Or maybe it was that besetting sin like mine that awakened me to the fact that my thing wasn't working out and that I needed Jesus Christ to be with me. I look back at my life before saved and I think to myself, it was much less than it seemed to be. (laughs) It seemed so full then. (laughs) It seemed like so much. It seemed like I had the world by the tail. But honestly, now that my eyes are open, I know the world had me by the tail. 
and I was a rag doll to this world. I need a few volunteers. Can I get a few volunteers? Come on, Josh, you're in the message. Josh, you look good for the future. You be the future over here. Eli, you want to help me out? You want to be today? Today's the day, man. Today's the day. Hold it loud and proud. This is the most important sign. Levi, you in? Come on, man. Let's go, Levi. This is the past, all right? Now, I want you to think. Today's the day. Today might move around. It might be here. It might be here. It might be, I don't, I don't know, it might be, where's today going to be? When's your day going to be? I don't know. I don't know when today is for you. This day, I will bless you. The past is clear. It becomes more clear when you have the day, right? But the future is bright. The future is bright. I'm telling you. Now, I want you to think about this. Have you ever had that day? Have you ever had that day? Can you look back? Can you look forward? Can you see that God has something awesome planned for you going forward because he's blessed you? He's with you. He wants to use you. Can you look at your life in spiritual terms? Can you awaken yourself to a spiritual existence that is beyond what you walked in with? I think God can, if you'll let him. I think you could see a future that's really bright. All right, guys, set them down right where you're at, because I want this to be a constant reminder. Thank you. We need a spiritual awakening, and we need it today. Something needs to change. So the front of that verse that we were just on says, but. Anybody see that? But from this day on, I will bless you. But. So there is a context here, huh? It's like a good movie. I haven't been to a lot of good movies, but the ones I've been to, some of them have like this flashback where you're like, what is going on exactly? And then it becomes clear. So this is like a flashback, right? He keeps coming and coming and coming. Flip back to verse 10 of chapter 2. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Thus says the Lord of hosts, ask the priests about the law. Here, I want you to write this down. God's questions expose me. Just write that down in the side of your notes. God's questions expose me. Ask the priests, the spiritual leaders of the church, ask the elders, ask the deacons, ask the small group leaders. They ought to have some spiritual answers. Ask them. It just got spiritual instead of physical. He made it really clear. If someone carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches with his fold, with the garment, not the meat, because if he touched it with the meat, what would happen? It would become holy, right? 
Holy meat, you touch it to the garment, the garment becomes holy. But if you take the garment and now you touch the garment to something, does it become holy? That's called secondary holiness. It doesn't become holy. It doesn't become holy. There is no secondary holiness. And then he says, the priest answered and said, no, it doesn't. Well, they're right. Then Haggai said, if someone who is unclean by contact with a dead body, or you might, in their context, you might just have a sore that opened up, then you're unclean. Just a scab you picked, oh, unclean. Blood by contact of the dead body touches any of these. Does it become unclean? The priest answered and said, it does become unclean. Let's just take the parent-child dedication that we did, okay? Can we just take that, okay? These parents are believers in Jesus Christ. I can attest to every one of them. I've heard their testimony. But they in no way can take the holiness that they have from Jesus Christ and give it to their kid. They're each holding their kid close. Did you see that? But the holiness isn't rubbing off. It's not like they can go, you're holy. And I can't either as much as I want to. I can't go, you're holy. That comes from God. That comes from Jesus Christ himself, that holiness. But, but, you want to know something? Michael, holding Ileana, that sin nature that's in Michael, that gets passed on. That gets passed on. That's in you. That got passed on to every person from Adam on. You've passed that on. You're unclean, and you made it unclean. Are we clear? It's clear. And Haggai answered and said, So it is with these people and with this nation before me, declares the Lord. And so with every work of their hands. And what they offer is unclean. Why? Because they're unclean. You came today. You offered a sacrifice to God. You did. Your time on the altar. But you could offer that clean or unclean. Just because you offered it doesn't make it clean. It could be clean or unclean. And here he says it's unclean. Now then, consider from this day onward, you might even write in your Bible backward because the example he uses after is backward. <laughs> Before stone was placed upon stone in the temple of the Lord, how did you fare? Go ahead and think about your past. You came to 20, it was 10, 50%. You came to 50, it was 20, 40%. I struck you with, uh, and all the products of your toil, with blight, that's dry winds, with mildew, that's wetness. With hail, that's just destruction. And you did not turn to me, declares the Lord. That's the point. You didn't turn around. I tried to get your attention. I did all these different things. Maybe you could think in your life of all the ways God might have tried to get your attention. And I want you to consider it today now. Consider from this day onward. You could say backward. From the 24th day of the ninth month, since the day that the foundation of the temple was laid. That's backward. Consider, is the seed in the barn? Is there seed in the barn? Is the spirit of Jesus Christ in the barn? 
Is the seed, is Christ in your heart? Is there any seed in the barn? I want you to think back to when you were one. You can't remember that. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I lost some of you. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You keep going. I don't, how long, how high do I count? Come on now. Tell me. Right? Are we going to 50? Okay, 50 at least. Like, consider. How was it? How did it go? So here's the point. Good news has a side of it. Number three, consider your ways. You see that in verse 5 and 7 of chapter 1. I hope you box those. Then you see it again in verses 15 and 18, three more times. Consider from, what does it say? This day. Consider from this day. But verse 17 is the key. Yet you did not turn to me. Now, you could say to me, believer, I did. I turned to him one day. Okay, well, are you facing that direction still? That's the question, isn't it? It's not about you turned one day. Are you still walking in Jesus' direction or are you walking your own way now again? Did you turn back around? So I think it's easy for us as believers to go, yeah, not a message for me. I had that day. He says, yet you did not turn to me. I find I have to turn back to God every day. Because naturally, I just flip around. So every day I got to turn back around again. Every day through repentance and asking for forgiveness, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I need a clean slate again this morning, God. I do. Is the seed in the barn? Have you turned to God? Because when you do, he promises to bless you. I read this quote from Warren Wearsby. I wanted to just state it quickly. One of the best ways to show our spiritual devotion to the Lord is by using material things, time, talents, treasure, I added that, to his glory, including money and buildings. The managing of material blessings demands as much sanctity as the managing of spiritual ministries of the church. Thank you, Warren Wearsby. That's as clear as you could say it. In short, from Scripture, Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. Psalm 37.4, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Just write this down in your notes as we transition to the next point. God's promises encourage me. God's promises encourage me. You want to know what encourages me? In this life, in this world, God's promises. That's what encourages me. Your notes of thanks aren't bad either. I can't give you a laugh out of that. I read, this must be a heavy message again. Man, I thought it was going to be all light and stuff. I read four thank you notes yesterday from the Melter small group, and I was like, who am I? that God would use me to speak for him. 
It was astounding. God's promises, his promises, his people too, encourage me. Look at it now in verse 20. He said, everything yielded nothing, but from this day on I will bless you. Then he makes it really personal. The word of the Lord came a second time. Second time, same day. 24th day of the month. Speak to Zerubbabel. So we made it spiritual. It's spiritual, not physical. And now he goes after the, the primary leader. He says, it's not political, it's spiritual. The governor, I am about to shake the heavens and the earth. We're not looking for political favor. We're not looking for physical favor. We're looking for the favor of God, spiritual favor. I'm going to overthrow the kingdoms, the thrones of kingdoms. I am going to destroy the strength of kingdoms and nations and overthrow the chariots and the riders. It's not military strength. It's spiritual strength, Right? Everyone by the sword of his brother. That's a, that's a reference to the millennial thing, the, the battle of Armageddon, where people won't even know who they're killing and they'll kill them all. This is some future stuff, something to look forward to. On that day, not this day now, but on that day, that day, the day when Jesus comes back, on that day, declares the Lord of hosts, I underline this, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant. My servant is another messianic reference to Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The son of Shealtiel declares the Lord. And make you, I will make you like a signet ring. For I have chosen you, declares the Lord of hosts. So here's God's promises. Write them down. On that day, I will take you. On that day, I will make you. And on that day, I have chosen you. If that doesn't make you excited, if that doesn't make you like well up with like, when is that day? Come on. I want that day today. Well, positionally, you can have that day today. Practically, that day comes when Jesus comes. Just a little about this. It is very prophetic, and I don't want to preach too deep, but I want to say this. There's definite references to Jesus Christ the Messiah, my servant, uh, Isaiah would confirm that, and to the second advent, to the return of Jesus Christ, the millennial kingdom. He also is restoring the Davidic line, the dynasty. He promised David, didn't he? There will always be a king on the throne. And then in Jeremiah, he said to, uh, I guess it's Zerubbabel's grandfather, Jeconiah, he's like, I will take you off my finger. This authority is not yours anymore. This ownership of the Davidic line is not yours anymore. I have stripped it from you. And so where did the Davidic kingdom go? Where did it go? It was back in God's hand. And God says right there, I will, I will make you like a signet ring. I am putting the ring back on your finger. That's why in the genealogy in Matthew 1, you're going to see Zerubbabel. And in Luke 3, you're going to see Zerubbabel. Because this is God saying, I'm putting it back on. My authority, my ownership 
of this Messiah line, the Davidic line. So really some future stuff here, isn't there? Some cool stuff on that day. So should we wait for Jesus to come back? Should we wait? Let's just all wait. Let's, let's sit down, let's sing Kumbaya, and let's just wait for Jesus to come back. Huh? Is that how we respond to this book, this message? You might like to say, no way, Jose. I mean, come on, man. No way. I just read the whole book. I'm like cranked up to run through a brick wall. You want me to wait for that day? No, I want to have this day, and I want to have this day again and again and again. Here's the point of the whole book. Don't wait. Change your priorities today. It is time. Today is the day of decision. Today is the day of salvation decision. Today is the day of baptism decision. Today is the day of I'm going to be a member of this church decision. Today is the day of a recommitment of my faith decision. Today is the day to take the next step in your spiritual journey, whatever it may be. What's God telling you in your seat? Forget me for a second. Ask God. What is God saying to you? You need to do because this book, Haggai, is in the Bible. Don't stand still. Don't stand still. Don't wait. Make a decision. So I'm going to ask you to move. First, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Go ahead. All right, you're moving. Here we go. Greasing the skids. You're moving. Move. All right. But then I'm going to ask you to make a decision. Would you just start praying with me right now? You start asking God, what's the next step for me spiritually? What is it? Do I need to be saved? Do I need to be baptized? Do I need to be a, a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ, a, a worship walk worker, a, a member of a local church? God, what do you need to awaken in me? Do I need to recommit my life to Jesus Christ 24-7? I don't want him just to be a Sunday thing. I want him to be every day, every week. Father, I ask you, what is my next step in this spiritual journey with Jesus Christ? Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, speak so that I might move and make a decision in my time, in my talents, in my treasure. 